Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I talked to Jay and I spoke to Ben and, and, uh, and obviously we met offensively, uh, remotely on moving forward. What's the best, you know, who gives us the best chance to win right now today? And so we'll, we're going to go with Mike Lennon. So, you know, Mike will go into this next game and, um, you know, we just feel like he gives us the best opportunity and thought he did some really good things um, last week and, you know, hopefully we can build on them and move forward. I wish they would stop saying gives us the best opportunity. For what, He doesn't. Though? For what, though? He didn't say best opportunity to win. He should have just said he earned the right to play again this week. He played well. Yeah. And that would have been fine. But he doesn't give you the best chance to win. Well, like you can't Brent, think Brent, that he gives you the best chance to win. You can't. You don't, can't. Don't misquote him, though. He said he gives us the best opportunity. Now, what that opportunity <laughs> is. Fair enough. Could be winning. Could be a higher pick. We don't know. He just said he gives us the best opportunity. Mike Glennon is better than RG3. RG3 yeah. with a fumble on the first possession and a pick yep. six on the second possession. Yeah. This is going to be a gimme hey, game, it looks like. It's going to get Trace McSorley in there before it gets too late here. Trace McSorley, the young upstart from Penn State. Brent, remember him? We talked to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very, very uh, no-nonsense type dude, Trace McSorley. I don't. Th- I think they can run the offense that they run with RG3. That's why, I mean, he's probably more experienced, all that yeah. stuff too, but the offense fits him. You know, kind of like yeah. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but McSorley's got some wheels, though, too. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. saying he doesn't. I just feel like he's run this Is similar he the stuff. quarterback? I should probably check that out. Yeah, I don't even know. But yeah. uh, RG3 does not look good right now. This is a big game, too, for the Ravens, man. They're about to fall behind. You might not even make the postseason, which is crazy to think because yeah. it felt like they were so good. Lamar Jackson has not played well. Now the bad timing of this going into a huge game. Uh, we just saw two terrible interceptions. It's now 6 nothing after a missed extra point. Yeah. But on fourth and goal, Ben Roethlisberger threw a terrible interception. Oh, I mean, just... it was fine that he threw the interception, but it was like, who are you throwing it to? Yeah, just closed his eyes and prayed. Yeah, pretty much. I mm-hmm. lobbed it up there. So uh, a couple of really some sloppy, ugly, bad play early on in the well, Steelers-Ravens game. So that was to play football on, on a Wednesday, Brent. <laughs> at, happen, at, yes. You know, at 340. What yeah. did you expect? Uh, if you, what you get? This is when the freshman team usually plays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was part of those games in high school. I remember so, those. Uh, I think JV plays on Thursdays. Yeah, uh, sure. Freshman actually might play on Saturday morning. Now I don't know when they play, but I can't remember when we used to play. Yeah, what, but... Wednesday game. Heck, not even the Mac plays on Wednesday, do they? <laughs> I don't think so, man. Hey, uh, just to let you know, too. Uh, of course, now I'm getting ticked off because I switched it. I had RG3 on the prize picks entry yeah, you did. under 14 points. Would have been a smart move. To go along with Juju Smith-Schuster over. Yeah. Right? So you can play along with us, prizepicks.com, uh, the prize picks app. And you got to put it – do this, okay? Make sure you put in the if, – if you sign up, we'd love you to see you sign up and put in JAX as the promo code. Yeah. And you get 100% match of your first deposit. So uh, that's what we're doing. We've been playing along. We're having a blast with it. Uh, it's kind of a lot of it's a lot of fun to yep. watch, and especially on a Wednesday afternoon, you got a football game. And so, when I went to go put it in, a lot of times the numbers will change. Yep. Like as as entries are coming in, and so RG 3s number changed from fourteen to thirteen and a half. I'm like, gosh, that's like nothing. And you're in. Like that's yeah. like a touchdown run and a touchdown pass, and you you basically oh, beat it. That, yeah, that's money. And RG 3s going to run a little bit too. And you so think. I'm like, all right, I'm switching to over. 
So now I just Big went mistake, over, Brent. and I got a fumble and an interception to better start things. That, you, you better take that Trace McSorley over in the second half because uh, I'm not sure how long RG3 is going to be yeah, in there at this point. rate. Are you, how, you, you you put an entry in. What oh, you yeah, do? so I got an entry. I got Marquise Brown going. Uh, with, I, I go overs, man, because you know me. I, know. I don't like go unders. I, like, just, the I think there's something about it our makes human nature uneasy. that you want the over. Yeah, but I told you, I the, unders, good game. the one thing about the unders is I you know. win for a long time. I know. I know. I hear you, man. But Maybe not in the end, but for a long time. So I I got Benny Snell going with the over. I got Marquise Brown going with the over. And Gus Edwards going, the running back from the Ravens, with the over as well. And I'll be honest, uh, we got Benny Snell with uh, three and a half points. So, I mean, not bad. Not I'm going to do a live entry for the second half coming up uh, in the show because we'll nice. have the second half. Let's get so, it. when that happens, I'm, I want I need some Brent's help. going to do this live. I like it. I uh, like it. So, it's prizepicks.com, the prize picks app. Again, enter the promo code JAX, J-A-X. And if you get on board and sign up. Yeah. You also, uh, next week, we're going to, I just talked to the folks at Prize Picks. We're going to start something after this weekend's game. So, starting next weekend's games mm-hmm. in the NFL, most likely do like a tournament. So, whoever signs up with the promo code, cool. Uh, you can, for the next four weeks, we keep track of the winning entries yeah. and keep standings, and you can win some prizes and stuff. I like it. So, uh, but you, and you can get signed can up for that. Can we enter now. in that? I don't know if we can. Okay. Uh, we'll have to figure that out. I have to use those. Burner accounts for prize picks, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, JAX is the promo code, prizepicks.com, prizepicks app. Uh, have some fun with it. We'll do that today. You just gave me a look. Did RG3 just fumble again? <laughs> no, he's got sacked big. Like, yeah. Okay, it's, well, it's, it's, it's don't third, hurt his numbers. But. It's third and 23. Gosh. Yeah. I thought, I, I actually had a feeling like I thought Harbaugh would coach his butt off today. Sure. In this game, and, yeah. and maybe that's not going to happen. There's a, well, hey, he, he can try to coach as much as he wants, but he can't throw footballs for them. So. Nah, he can't. Yeah. Uh, I have the Ra- – by the way, I picked the Ravens to win this game back on – like because we do our picks uh, for the fight for the Fedora TV. I gotcha, yeah. And so because it was Thanksgiving week, I put them in on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, and so I put my picks in Tuesday, and that was before, like, Glennon was announced over Minshew. Mm-hmm. So I had the Jags winning. I always pick the I pick Cowboys and Lions and I don't even regret it yeah. on Thanksgiving Day mm-hmm. uh, against those two teams they were playing and I lost both of those and uh, but I picked the Ravens to beat the Steelers I was just like you know what this is about time yeah. Steelers are gonna lose they're not as good as a an 10 11 0 team as you know it's like it's not the Patriots 2008 yeah. Ravens need this win and then all the stuff starts happening well, with COVID and, and now they don't play until a week later and I can't change my pick listen. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a play-by-play this entire game right now, but the Ravens just punted, and I'm not sure who the special teams guy was receiving the ball. Drops the ball. Ravens get the ball back on the 10. This is the sloppiest game yeah. I've I'm trying ever not to seen. react over here because I know no, I'm You're like a minute heavy, so we've already won. He's a minute ahead of us. This is the sloppiest game. Listen, NFL. These Wednesday day games, you got to stop these because these guys, something's not right. It, it looks like Space Jam when like all the best players like lost their powers. That's what I'm watching right now. This is slop. This is bad. Go and put pentatonics on the screen as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I was watching them mute. Sloppy Steelers, Ravens game. Uh, okay, let's get into GMs. The GMs. All right. I'm going to give you two scenarios. Again, I, I read this article on fansided.com, and it got me to the Dave Caldwell question, so I appreciate fansided.com for bringing this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dave Caldwell question was simply, did the Jags do him wrong by firing him at this time, which I didn't think so at all. Uh, Joe says it was in bad taste of the fans to keep him as long as they did. I knew we'd get a little of this. 
Uh, Karen Stockton says, I know ownership wants to lose, but surely Doug's still scrapping for his job, question mark. If not in Jacksonville, but somewhere else, does Minshew not give Jags a better chance of winning? Unless Shad's told Doug, don't worry, just tank, you'll be here next year. Which I can't, he has not told him that. Careful with that. There's no way. I also don't know if Doug's getting another job. I saw something today where... Do you, do you mean as a head coach? As a head coach. In some capacity. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. get a job if he wants it. Um, he's also been a guy that said, listen, I'm not coaching until I'm 70. You know, yeah, and Doug's yeah. not an old, old guy yet. But I'm just saying he's made plenty of money. Yeah. If he wants to go hang out with the family and stuff for a little bit, he could. Can He's going to get paid for next year regardless, even if he does get fired. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a little bit more toward the Minshew. Like, yeah, Minshew gives you the best chance of winning. Scott says he's clearly in the doghouse in terms of Minshew. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Uh, John Well uh, Tarley says, um, uh, with a little gif, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn uh, about Caldwell getting fired. Uh, 24, no reason. Yeah, expletive the guy that saved his job last year. Mm-hmm. Um, First Coast Bubbler is still all over Mike Glennon. Uh, you'd think Glennon went to Wisconsin or is from Wisconsin. Is Glennon from Wisconsin? Maybe, he went Mike, to State. maybe that's Mike Glennon's burner account for as far as we know. Only well, reason people are now? enamored with Minshew is because he looks like a roadie for Leonard Skinner. Glennon might be, not be as mobile but has a better arm. Why are you enamored with Mike Glennon? I don't know. I don't, that's a weird hill to die on. Such a weird hill. Uh, that's the guy, huh? Jags Girl 904 says keep them so they lose out. Higher draft pick can mean a better quality GM and coach coming in. Full tank mode, yeah. Yep, tank we, mode. We understand that. All right, so that's about it. Uh, on the Well, actually, there's a little bit more. Caldwell probably has done his share of midseason firing many a time. Live by the sword, die by the sword. No foul. Uh, no, players get cut all the time. When you least expect it, no one is immune, says uh, Nika989. Uh, so anyway, some responses uh, on the D- Dave Caldwell front. I like it. So now let's get some more responses and your thoughts on this. A couple of scenarios. Mm-hmm. One on fansided.com said, and by the way, they're not the only one. John Dorsey. Yeah. And relationship with Eric Bieniemy and bring him in. I th- There's another guy in Kansas City, right? There's the, the up-and-comer guy mm-hmm. uh, that's been on everybody's radar for Kansas City with Bieniemy. Yeah. And said you can get the enemy. I think you have to be careful. This and I didn't say this crystal clear the other day, and I, and I wanted to. The one thing I would be very cautious of is bringing a GM in here to get a head coach. You want the GM in here to make the right decisions. Like yes. you have got to believe that the GM is the right guy, and it, not d- just because he can come bring this his partner over or his buddy over, or yeah. he has a good relationship. If you want Eric Bieniemy so bad, go pay him a gazillion dollars and get him. But match him up with the GM you believe is the best. Do not bring me a GM in Jacksonville just because he can bring the coach over. And it does make it makes no sense to me to do that. And you're talking about Dorsey, then uh, Borg, Borg, Borganzi, Borganzi, yeah, Mike Borganzi. Okay, so here's, I mean, I'll let you finish in a second, but here's the thing about that, Brent. I agree with you, but I don't agree with you at the exact same time. So it sounds like I'm on the fence right now, but come with me for a second. Like, what was my one of my biggest criterias in bringing a new GM is that you have to have the communication, you have to have the chemistry with the head coach, right? When you talk about a, a, a guy like Dorsey, who seems to be like the big sexy name right now, well, he had, like, he's tied to Patrick Mahomes. Under Glenn Dorsey's name, John Dorsey. I'm yeah. sorry, John Dorsey, not Glenn Dorsey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, under John Dorsey, yeah, right? there you go. Uh, under good call. <laughs> uh, under John Dorsey's name is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but for whatever reason, him and Andy Reid didn't gel. All right, so then Dorsey went to Cleveland, and the rest is but history. The story is that. Dorsey wanted Mahomes more than Reed wanted Mahomes. Yeah, well, that's the story. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows? But that's the way it works sometimes. 
So, once again, I don't need the sexiest name. I just need two guys that are going to get along and coexist with each other. So, I'll be honest with you. It does seem a little cheap, the fact that if you were to bring in Dorsey and then you were to bring in Borgonzi, well, they have the, the, the ultimate trump card and saying, all right, well, come on, be enemy. Let's go, man, because I know who you are. That does kind of cheapen the thing a little bit. But is that necessarily a bad thing? Because now you have two guys who have experienced working together before, and to me, that's how you build the team. Yeah, it's fine if, if as long as you're telling me those guys are great at what they do and you believe that. Yeah. Do not go get the guy for the reasoning of getting enemy. Listen, I'm on the enemy train, too. I like the idea of it. That's great. Mm-hmm. But I don't need you to go get the GM just to get enemy. That's the ba- that's a bad way to make decisions. Because that's, because the GM could still be bad is what you're saying. It could be saying. bad, and yeah. you still have to pick the players. And if you And if you make mistakes in the first round and make mistakes at quarterback, well, then – who cares who's coaching the team? I mean, not yeah. necessarily, but to a degree. So you've got to have this as a good match. And I just don't like the folks that say, yeah, get B- enemy, get this guy so B- enemy comes here. Mm-hmm. I don't like that way of thinking. That can't be the way. that you got to get, get this guy here because he is really good. Yeah. And by the way, he might even bring B- enemy in. That's the way. As long as you tell it to me like that, I'm okay with the scenario. Yeah. But if you tell it to me the other way, I'm not okay with the scenario. Dorsey, I told you this before. I might give him $5 million just to come pick my quarterback. Mahomes, Mayfield. But you know, so that's the thing, though, Brent, right? You, you say Mayfield, but like we're not. And we're listen, not, but it's still I not hope, a miss. No, well, like, one second, though. All right, so with John, like, I hope John Dorsey comes here because I know John Dorsey. Yeah. I want to get weekly on the hey, show. Yes. Yes, I mean, oh, and, listen, that, and then obviously you the, just promised that. Yeah, John whoa, Dorsey whoa, comes whoa. here. Austin Lane just said he's on the show well, every he's, week. Well, he, he's a former Wisconsin guy. You know what I'm saying? We saw him at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I saw it. You guys had a bro son too. Yeah, and I know his son. I've hung out with his son before. He's he's from Eau Claire. He, I've been in the pickle with his son. Get out of here! Swear. John Done. Dorsey. Sorry, kick the camera. <laughs> John Dorsey on ESPN 690 Weekly, brought to you by the Pickle Enough for the said. folks in Wisconsin. Sell that stuff. Hey, hey, advertising. You guys are welcome. But listen, I agree with you, Patrick Mahomes. That was the steal of the draft. No one's going to deny that. But Baker Mayfield. Like, remember how that whole thing shook out? Like, Dorsey vouched for Baker Mayfield. He did. And like, he kind of went above and beyond and said, "I don't care. Baker Mayfield's going to be our guy." Now, if you look at that draft class. In terms of quarterbacks in the first round, what do you got? You got Lamar Jackson, you got Josh Rosen, you got Josh Allen, and then you got Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Do you think he made the right decision? Give me him again. No problem. We got, obviously, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen. That's in the first round, obviously. Okay, so you got Lamar Jackson in... Josh Allen. Yeah, those are really the two. Huh. Uh, I would say at this point, no. Yeah. I, I, I mean, listen, Lamar Jackson's got an MVP. Yeah. And Josh Allen might be trending toward one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I'm trying to, like, I mean. But at least he didn't pick Rosen or Darnold right now is my point. True. The Cleveland Browns True. right now are having a record that I don't know when the last time they had a record like this. They're eight and three. That's I understand true. the run of the ball, that stuff. And listen, I've I've been critical of Mayfield. Mm-hmm. But he's still getting the job done right now. It's kinda like it's kinda like the Derek Carr thing. It's like Derek Carr's playing good football now. If you go back to the Bortles draft, they could have had Derek Carr, but 
I mean, he had to live through a Derek Carr. They weren't really convinced Derek Carr was that good to get to this point. And he's now with Gruden, and he's getting the best of them. Like, he's not bad, but he doesn't make me go buy his jersey. Yeah. You know? And so that's kind of where I'm at with Mayfield right now. Like, I think the folks in Cleveland are pretty happy they have Mayfield. But I think if you asked them, could they have Lamar Jackson? I don't know. This year? Like, I mean, the Ravens have a better team than Cleveland. And Cleveland yeah. and Mayfield are beating Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I mean, but, it, but, hard, yeah. for me to, hard for but, me to say that I want Jackson this year. But, but let me ask you this. Who has the better offensive weapons? Baltimore or Cleveland? Yeah. I, yeah, but, I mean, last year you didn't say You know, Cleveland does. Cleveland, Cleveland has a better does. running attack. Correct. But Lamar Jackson won the MVP because of their running attack. Sure. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, listen, the, the, the whole point of me bringing this up was just, listen, I, I think it's I a get, fair question. It's a great yeah. question. I mean, I get Patrick Mahomes, like, of course. that 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 Because no one was talking about Patrick Mahomes. So, that obviously a plus for Dorsey there. I'm just saying, are you ready to, to write him off as the savior, as the guy who drafted Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson? And I'm not sure. Maybe, listen, and I'm not saying he's wrong there. Maybe Baker Mayfield will prove everybody wrong and be the guy going forward. But I'm just saying right now, and maybe they're better situations, whatever the case may be, I think Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are obviously better than Baker Mayfield. I think the key about it right now for me is, and I understand the ceiling to me for those other guys is better, but the floor for Mayfield hasn't been poor. And in a situation when you pick in those kind of spots and when you take quarterback in the first round, it feels like you can really swing and miss. Although I said yesterday on the show, and I believe this, it's less and less likely you really swing and miss because a lot of guys can play quarterback now. Yeah. Uh, they're just they're just better and the game's adapted to them rather than them adapting to the pro game. And we'll even talk about that a little bit more later. But I, I just feel like you those are two really good picks. For a guy who had two swings at the quarterback, mm-hmm. he picked Patrick Mahomes and – Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That's a hell of a package. It, it is. It it's better is. than Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and, and yeah. whoever else. But, but, but remember, though, like Baker Mayfield, he was the number one pick. It wasn't like he went out of his way to get Baker. Well, maybe he kind of did, right? Because people were saying Mayfield was probably like the third best quarterback yeah. of that class. He did kind of reach. So maybe, so maybe, he, reach, did, but. Yeah. So maybe he did kind of go out of his way a little bit to get Baker Mayfield. But listen, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure if it's a good thing. Or a bad thing. Like I'm not sure if we're sitting here right now, and we're talking about John Dorsey once again. Who I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of. Don't get it twisted. But I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing right now that we're talking about a GM who took Baker Mayfield at the top pick right now. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I really, you can make cases for each way. Now, Patrick Mahomes, no brainer. Baker Mayfield, I don't know. And you know what, Brent? I don't want I don't knows in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I need home runs. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I get it. I, I I think it's a great question. Yeah. I don't know how to answer the question. I I would say, yes, you want an MVP. I think it's a no-brainer. Lamar Jackson won MVP. I think Josh Allen might be trending that way. Mm. I think both those guys have taken a long time to come around. No, not a long time. Josh Allen's finally coming around to, to this degree to maybe even be in the conversation with Baker Mayfield. Mayfield is still kind of just sitting there hovering like, is he going to take that next step? Yeah. They have to decide whether to pick up the option. And now Lamar Jackson's taken – I don't know where his career is going. I don't know if that was a fluky year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a bad year. I don't know if people have figured him out. I don't know if getting rid of Hayden Hurst and losing some running backs and because of injury have hurt him that much. I don't know I, because I wasn't a huge Lamar Jackson guy to begin with. And then all of a sudden it was like you had to be because look at him. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm yeah. wrong. We're wrong. Yeah. Are yeah, we yeah. really as wrong now after three years? I don't know. Um, 
So that's what that's a tough one. It's a tough one. All right, here's a I want to stay on Dorsey for a moment. Yeah. So Dorsey and B enemy. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Like you can see it's gonna be a hot commodity, folks. I mean that or or Borgonzi and, yeah. and how about this? And, and I'll be honest with you real quick with Borgonzi, I've watched a couple of his interviews. I watched an interview last year right after the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry, it was at it was at the combine. And they're just coming off the Super Bowl victory. And it was an interview talking to him about how his process goes. Because, you know, keep in mind, when you go to the Super Bowl, that kind of takes the scouting stuff out of it a little bit because now you're prepping for a Super Bowl and you're not prepping for, you know, the draft. I mean, you got to win a Super Bowl. So it was interesting to hear how he's approaching it, working harder, communicating better, being more organized in the terms of, hey, this is a different year for us because we're at the Super Bowl. We won a Super Bowl and now we're behind schedule. So it was interesting to see him detailed explain why they had to do things differently this year in terms of the draft. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth because I don't know if you said it on air or not or off, but uh, you're a little concerned with Dorsey and uh, from an organizational standpoint, aren't you? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Because the, one, one of the, the biggest things of why Dorsey probably got uh, or possibly got fired is the fact that Andy Reid is a very organized individual. He's a very analytical, um, you know, I mean, just minds his P's and Q's, all yeah. that stuff, very organized. Dorsey, on the other hand, didn't seem to be like that. A little more freewheeling. Oh, oh, a little more freewheeling. Kind of go with your gut a little more. Not to say he doesn't go with his gut, but I'm just saying they're two different personalities. Yeah. So that's why I was so surprised that the Dorsey Biennemi package is such a high commodity. I don't know what kind of person Biennemi is. I've never really talked to the guy before. But I got to think that if he comes from an Andy Reid coaching tree, there's got to be some of that organizational stuff there. There's got to be some of that analytical stuff there, you would think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I would think. Uh, yeah, but each guy's his own guy. True, true. You know, you take... Yeah, I mean, I guess with, like, Doug Peterson's different than Andy Reid. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, you take some trends at work, but you're yeah. not going to copy everything that guy does. Yeah. All right, I got a question. Oh, one more thing on Dorsey, and then I'll give you a couple different names. But do the Jags need this situation, which isn't just GM head coach? I'll tell you where I'm going next on ESPN 697 to 6. Ravens lead the Steelers. Go RG3. (laughs) Do we know who scored a touchdown? Uh, Yeah, it was Gus Edwards. Yeah. Like that, baby. It's good for you. Great for me. Are we splitting the winnings? No, we're not. Uh, No, that's that's not how it works. Uh, We'll be back on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to business with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. No, I don't know. I don't think about it. It's the same thing with the Pro Bowl uh, coming in. I didn't think about any of that. The big thing, biggest thing for me was to get on the field and to show what I could do and that I could play. That is James Robinson, Jaguars running back, having a fantastic year. I still think maybe we said it in passing, right, when we were being our own GMs for this Jags team going the offseason. Yeah. And what we said was this offensive line has led the way for an undrafted rookie free agent running back who deserves a lot of the credit. This running, this offensive line has led the way to the third most prolific rushing attack. By an individual this season, as miserable as the Jags have been. Uh, you know, the offensive line, I, again, I, I was, we criticized Doug Marone. Doug Marone said, hey, this offensive line is better than you guys think. Mm-hmm. And he was right. 
you know, they haven't been unbelievable, but nobody's offensive line's unbelievable. That's the thing. Like, everybody forgets that part of the equation. Yep. Now, the thing is, if your quarterback's not unbelievable, there are other quarterbacks that are unbelievable. Most of the time, the great offensive lines don't exist. Yeah. And so I think the Jags offensive line has done a pretty nice job, especially given the fact they have three different quarterbacks playing this year. Not a lot going right. And leading the way for James Robinson. Robinson's done a lot on his own, but he's also had some pretty darn good holes, too. No, without a doubt. And, and listen... It's a testament to what we saw last year with this team, right? We went to the wall that says it all a lot. And there was a lot of times last year Leonard Fournette was getting hit in the backfield, right? Like all of a sudden the ball's handed off, he's two yards deep, and he's getting hit already. We haven't seen too many times where James Robinson gets his first contact behind the line of scrimmage. And that's a testament to what the offensive line is bringing to the table in terms of their push and in terms of their tenacity. All right, here's the thing. We are just talking about Dorsey. Yep. Do the Jaguars need? We're talking about Dorsey as GM, maybe a B enemy. That's why like, people are linking up to to be the head coach. Do the Jaguars need a czar of football? A czar of football. Okay. Meaning Tom Coughlin's position. Mm. The Jags had a bad mix. It seemed like by the end of it, yeah. Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone. Dave Caldwell stuck in the middle. Coughlin and Marone on the same page, at least to begin with. But again, what do we ask? What do I continuously say? Who was making the decisions? Who's running this? Like, okay, Tom's running it. In 17 and 18, I'm pretty pretty certain Tom's running it. But who's picking Leonard Fournette? Who's to blame for Taven Bryant? Is it Tom? Well, I would say yes, because at the end of the day, he rubber stamped it. But was it Dave and the scout team? Like, I don't think we should ask those questions. I think we should know. And so I don't love the three-headed monster. But somebody brought up to me, I'm not going to say his name, but I stole the topic. So I'm going to, it was good. It was an interesting note. When you don't have an owner that is as hands-on as Lurie and Philly and and Jerry Jones in Dallas. But that's pretty rare, though. And even Kraft. Like, Kraft might feel like he has like a say here or there. Mm, yeah. Shad leaves it up. He leaves the business side up to Lamping. Mm-hmm. He leaves the football side up to whoever the football people are. Is it better from a communication standpoint to have three people instead of two? No. No, no. It's, it's to and me. And could Dorsey be the czar? No. You, 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 to me, you have to have two people. And here's why. Like, I get what you're saying with Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, they're very hands-on. Well, I know Jerry Jones is. I'm not sure about Robert. I think Robert Kraft's so popular just because of how much success he's had. Yeah. Just because the guy wears Air Force One still, and he's like 80 years old. Yeah. It makes zero sense. Whatever, though. Do do you, man. It's better than Skechers. So, shot at you. Um, So, I'm not sure how hands-on that guy is. Obviously, Shad Khan, he's not hands-on. But that's okay. Like, I don't need a GM who's like Jerry Jones who wants the, the spotlight, who wants the limelight. Like, Jerry Jones, I guarantee you, he has a direct influence in that locker room, hands down. Maybe even more than the GM, I mean, he's a GM, obviously, but maybe more than even, like, Mike McCarthy. Like, he has a direct influence. I don't want my owners to have direct influence in the locker room. I want my owners to take care of contracts, take care of, you know, writing the checks, and that's what I need from my owner. When you bring another guy into the mix, like you call it the czar of football, when you bring another guy into the mix, you're essentially bringing another head coach. Like, to me, like, yes, Tom Coughlin was brought in here to turn things around. He had, obviously, an influence on the draft decisions, on the transactions, and obviously maybe on the culture a little bit as well. Shouldn't a head coach have the influence on that? 
like to me, Tom Coughlin, the biggest thing he brought was attitude, right? Mm. He he brought an attitude and a plan. And he brought in a plan. But the biggest contribution that Tom Coughlin brought to the Jaguars his second time around was the the culture change. Now in 2017, that worked, but it didn't work going forward, and we know what happened after that, right? So when you do that, when you bring in another guy to essentially do the head coach's job, well, now you have another chain of command. You have more communication. And now all of a sudden, sometimes people don't really know where they stand. So I don't want that. I don't need a czar of football. I need a head coach who knows how to build a culture and can cultivate from his players. And I need a GM who can evaluate the proper talent. Yeah. I don't like the idea of putting a three-headed monster in there. Mm-hmm. Again, somebody said to me, and it made me think a little bit, if you have the right mix, do you almost need that in Jacksonville? I still don't understand why just the GM can't report to the owner and be the spokesperson and and all that stuff. Or if it's a big enough head coach where it's like Dabble Swinney or someone who's going to run their own show, uh, maybe then that's it, too. I'm not not advocating that. I'm just saying just as an example. But it was an interesting point. And in in a world of communication, which is already difficult, in a spot where in Jacksonville, where I think the communication has not been good, I don't know if I add another layer. Mm-hmm. I just think I'd avoid that other layer. Um, but it'd be an interesting advisory role from a guy like Dorsey, guy that can pick the quarterback. You know, I mean, it, it's maybe it is okay in that situation. You know, I I don't know, but I I don't know if I'd be turned off by it given Dorsey's history at picking in this prime spot that the Jaguars have. Uh, that's one way to look at it. I'll give you another example. Okay, now let's try another one. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't hate the Dorsey. You don't love it, but you don't want to hate the Dorsey B enemy or Burgonzi B enemy, right? Uh, no, like if that I, happened not, tomorrow, you'd be like, I can't believe that happened. No, or, no. Listen, I'm not mad at it at all because at the end of the day, one of my top criterias is the the chemistry um, is the relationship between a GM and and the head coach, and obviously if Dorsey. Or um, what's the other guy's name? Borgonzi. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Borgonzi comes in. At least there is some sort of familiarity with the head coach. Now, whether or not they get along, that could remain to be seen. But I like that a lot better than two strangers who don't really know each other being expected to get along. Okay, so I like it. So this is another one that I've seen out there. Okay, and this is bad. Listen, I'm not reinventing the wheel here, folks. It's just that I'm starting to read more on it. And, and I'll tell you, this guy has been fascinating. And I like this one. Okay. Right now, like on the hot, cold list, this guy's on my hot list. And it's the Indianapolis Colts, Ed Dodds. Okay. Okay. And he's, listen, again, I'm not throwing a name out there. It's like, wait until you hear the guy I have. <laughs> no, this guy was like, he turned down the Cleveland GM yeah. uh, interview last year. Mm-hmm. Ballard, I think, has been really good in Indianapolis. Now, listen, they haven't won anything big yet. Okay. But I like the way he's pieced together his team. Actually, my criticism about it is I think they need to spend more money. They have too much money at this stage of it. If I'm going to get Phillip Rivers, I want more. Yeah, I'm spending some of that free agent money, and mm-hmm. they haven't. So they are going to be good for a bit if they can figure out the QB position, which they invested in at last year's draft behind Rivers. But we'll see if they can figure it out. Uh, if they're right on that, then they might be really set up nicely in the AFC South for years to come. 
because they have a lot of talent and they've rebuilt their defense, yeah. which is something Indianapolis is never known for. Yeah. Uh, they have defensive players, but never good defense. And they're a good defense. I mean, right now they're one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the free agent signing of Justin Houston. I mean, the, the, that was a good call. A guy who some teams I think thought was on the back nine of his career. They give Justin Houston a chance. Now he's a captain of that team. He's, yeah. He's a good defensive lineman as well. Okay. So I've read up on Dodds because I'm reading up on all of them now. Doing your homework. I like it. I really like that. I, I like the idea of it. Okay. I, I think he's put in work in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I like the pedigree there. And he put in a lot of work in Seattle. Like, it wasn't like he was there for two years. I think he was there for a decade, man. Well, and what was his title in Seattle again? He, uh, he, was he, like he, a, he climbed the ladder. Yeah, but he became like I, the assistant to, to, the, to Schneider. To Schneider, yeah. yeah and yeah, Schneider's yeah. A, not a bad guy to be behind, yeah. right? Yeah. So I like the pedigree and that's what we have to go on we've Mm -hmm. we've been very honest with that we don't know these guys you know they don't have wins and losses next to their names yeah so or stats but you know from what you read from what you see and the pedigree of it the Dodds guy and I like the young energy guy Mm -hmm. right and Ballard brings that uh, to to Indianapolis and Dodds is not some old vet guy. No no offense to Dorsey. I mean, if that's which way they go, he's actually an energy guy, even but a bit older. Um, I like Dodds, and then there's rumors last year. Now, who knows if this would be the case this year that Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator of San Francisco, used to be the linebackers coach here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. who is on a meteoric rise. Like he is going to get interviews, probably gets a job this year in some place. So it's not like Jacksonville would be the only one. Do you like that combo? Yeah. Dodds and Sala. And I don't know if that'd be the case, but I just gave you another one. How about this one? Dodds and Sala. I'll tell you what. I like that one even more, I believe, than Bietemi and Borgonzi. But here's the question, though. And you know how it's going to operate. Like, these – the times are a-changing, Brent. Right? And the hot pickups right now, where the league is going, it's offensive-minded guys. Right? It's quarterback-friendly head coaches. Salah is obviously not that. Mm-mm. He's more of a defensive-minded guy. Now, I can point to Sean McDermott. I can point to Bill Belichick, obviously. Um, you know, I think Harbaugh is, is definitely more of, of a special teams guy. But he, he still senses like he's got a little bit of defensive-ness uh, to him, let's just say. So I can give you examples of times you brought in defensive guys that it's worked. Pete Carroll? Yeah. You know? But, That's a little older. But, no. but are you kind of bucking the trend a little bit, though? And are you going against where the league's going by going that route? Yeah, you are. It's okay if you get a nice offensive coordinator. Like, I mean, sure. get, get the guy that he handles the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm i not pigeon, pigeonholing myself to offensive guy if I can create a guy who is going to build a winner culture-wise and everything else and has the plan and has the has – the, uh, uh, camaraderie with the GM and all yeah. that stuff. Like, if you can find me the match, and Salah, I know Salah a little bit, mm-hmm. and Salah, like, I, I'm not saying this because I know him a little bit. Like, I don't even know him that well. I've just been around him a little bit, and I think this guy has a chance to be a rock star now. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's got a chance to be a star as a coach. And so I don't mind the idea of that and go get me a good offensive coordinator to go along. Listen, I sat here and said defense was dead in the NFL two yeah. months ago. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at games that look like this. It's 9-7. to seven. Now I understand half their team's out. But yeah. when you get to this time of year, defense still does matter. That's mm-hmm. what I'm being it's, – it's showcasing me. Every game was over 30 points in the first six weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Now you can't find a game over 30 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just not happening because that's November, December football. So 
uh, defense, I was wrong. Defense isn't dead in the NFL. They still argue it in college a little bit, but not in the NFL, and it's still valuable and important. And the Jaguars would have, I don't know, four more wins yeah. if they could play defense average. Let me ask you this. With Salah, like, I, I, I get it. If you brought him in, it would definitely be a, a culture move more than anything. Like, yeah, he'd bring a, a good defense and maybe yeah. a good, good scheme, a good philosophy. But you're doing it to turn things around in that locker room, right? You're, you're taking the youngest franchise or the youngest roster in the NFL and you're shaping them out of the toughness, out of relentlessness. I get that. Do you get vibes of like a Ron Rivera from Salah? Because like, I mean, listen, in Washington right now, I think they like Ron Rivera. Oh, absolutely. I, I think they like where. No, that's, I was Ron I think Rivera like too. The He's doing a great where, job. And that's kind of my point. Like, do you buy in like to the Ron Rivera comparison? Yeah, I, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I, I don't. I don't know if I know Salah enough of what he's going to be as a head coach. I know he's been innovative enough in San Francisco. He's also yeah. been. He's he's been around defenses that have been loaded with players. Yeah. Now let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacksonville when he was here, they were loaded with good players. San Francisco has been loaded with good players. But I think he's seen. It's been an interesting, probably experience for him working with Gus, mm-hmm. and then going to Shanahan. Two totally different personality guys. Uh, and probably being around Lynch and, and that San Francisco experience and kind of the lows and the highs. Yeah. And, and I think you've got to know a little bit of both in this profession. I don't hate it. And and by the way, I kind of like Dodds more. Like So if Dodds wants to bring his own coach and, and whatever that is, I like this guy from what I read about some of the GM names. And again, we say this with full disclosure that we have no idea how good these guys are. But if you're going after that new blood, which I'm a, I am I feel like I like the new blood better than the old guard. Yeah. Dodds does more for me than maybe even Borgonzi from Kansas City or whoever from Baltimore or whoever from Pittsburgh that I've read about so far. Yeah. Now, we're only a few days into this process. No, So I sure. might change my mind. Uh, I'm going to say about this, though. Like, listen, I, I get that it's very cliche to pick from winning organizations right now, like the Chiefs, like the Patriots. But I will say this about the Chiefs. They've always had their kind of guy that they want to go after, right? Whether you're a GM or a scout and assistant, like there's a there's a guy that fits the mold of the Kansas City Chiefs, and I like that, right? Like there's Kansas City Chiefs guys out there that no, some people might think like, oh, you're taking them too high, but the Chiefs don't care. So I like the fact that they have an identity of the type of guys they want to bring in. That's what Jacksonville needs. That's why I lean more towards the Dorsey route, toward, you know, towards the Chiefs route, just because they've been there and they know what the Chiefs guys look like. Hmm. It's interesting, too, with Dodds that he can be successful after being in Seattle and Indianapolis. That's I don't true. see those yeah. as two lined-up organizations, yeah. but now he's had success in both places, which is interesting to me because the Jags, we found out, are not the Seattle Seahawks. No. Gus tried to bring that, and they weren't. Yeah. And by the way, they weren't the Atlanta Falcons either. Dave Caldwell tried to bring that. Yeah. So let's try another team. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Give it updates 9 to 7. Steelers over the Ravens. Hey. Yeah, I think uh, looking back at the game, there was, um, there was a, a lot of good things. Uh, made some good throws. And then a few throws I had back, you know, obviously you look at those two two point conversions and those could have been difference makers in the game. So, uh, both plays, um, you know, wish you could have bad, but that's part part of uh, the NFL. You got to move on to the next week. Um, as far as the conversation, there really wasn't much. Dobby just told me we're going with you again this week. Uh, I was left at that. Um, as far as week to week, I mean, I understand it. It's 
the performance-based industry and all of us have, have shown flashes and it's about consistency and um, yeah, I get it. That's Mike Glenn and Jack's quarterback coming up this week against uh, Minnesota. Adam, Adam Thielen, by the way, back for the Vikings off the COVID-19 list. Yeah. Vikings are a weird team. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about it a little bit more as the week goes along, but just a strange team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know what to make them. Yeah. I mean, I got Dalvin <laughs> Cooks having an unbelievable year. Yeah. You know, again, you look at the numbers on, on Cousins, they're okay. Them and the Michigan State Spartans are the two football teams this year that I cannot figure out to save my life. Honestly. How about that, too? Uh, Michigan now cancels mm-hmm. against Maryland. Yeah. So what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Closer to coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Where do you fall? I mean, you know, Kirk Herbstreit got himself in trouble a little bit last saw night. That, you see saw that? I apology, yeah. But is he wrong? Or And not is he wrong. It doesn't exist. Not necessarily waving the white flag. See, I don't yeah. believe that's why Florida State... I think Florida no, State had so issues, yeah. and they don't play the next week. And now, by the way, they're going to make up that Duke game next week, mm-hmm. so they're going to get one more crack at it. But so, I mean, this is this is bound to happen. This can happen. Like you can call it what you want to call it. There's a part of me that thinks, my gosh, this would be awesome to read about in 50 years yeah. of the Michigan Ohio State rivalry mm-hmm. that Jim Harbaugh, who is so disappointing. Mm-hmm. could go out in a legendary way and be kind of raised in the annals of Michigan football forever, even though he never beat Ohio State. He did this to Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, l- there's listen. something to it. L- l- let's be honest here. And by the way, RG3 has then torn a hamstring right off the bone because now he's limping. So I think he's done. Um, with, sorry, Brent. <laughs> sorry about that. But listen, if any team was going to wave the white flag – and say, yeah, we're all good, it's going to be the Michigan Wolverines, right? Because they can't take another year of getting curb stomped by the rival, one of the biggest rivalries in all of college football. So would I be surprised if that if it could happen? I probably wouldn't be surprised, but I guess my overall thoughts about it is me putting my faith in the game of football and what I know about it. And what I know, at least what I think I know about the game of football, is that you have uber-competitive athletes and coaches. You have guys that love to play the game, that play to win no matter what circumstances. And I think that if I'm going to sit here and say that a team's going to purposely try to back out of a game regardless of what's at stake, regardless of, of who's playing and who's not playing, if I sit here and co-sign on that and said, yeah, I can see that happening, then I'm essentially turning my back on everything I know about football. I just think there's too much pride. There's too much tradition. I cannot see a team waving the white flag just to get out of a game. I don't I think, think so either. Game. I don't yeah. think so either. And what's why you go to Michigan is to play Ohio State, yeah. by the way. You yeah. know, like you don't want the competitor inside him. That does not mean, though. 50 years from now, if they can't play, it won't be interpreted like they stuck it to the Buckeyes. Yeah. This will be looked at like whether it was legit, whether it's waving the white flag, whether it's whatever. You're you're going to interpret it how you want to interpret it. The reality is they might not be able to play. Yeah. And if they can't play, Ohio State might not go to the championship game. Yeah. I mean, it will be what a footnote this will be in the historic problem. No, no, listen. Really, that's the only way I think if you're Michigan that you win, right, is you keep Ohio State possibly from the college football playoff. But if you're a Michigan fan, do you really celebrate that? 
Because to me, that's the coward's way out. Yeah, probably not. Uh, hey, more to come, including a thought or two on Tiger Woods. And I'll tell you how it came about. It's uh, up next on ESPN 690.